This is Laura London, and you're listening to Speaking of Jung. Returning to the podcast for episode 77 is Jungian analyst and author Dr. Murray Stein in Zurich, Switzerland. He holds a Master of Divinity from Yale University and a PhD in Religion and Psychological Studies from the University of Chicago. He trained as a Jungian analyst at the C.G. Jung Institute Zurich and later co-founded the Jung Institute of Chicago, where he worked as a training analyst. Dr. Stein served as president of the International Association for Analytical Psychology from 2001 to 2004 and as president of the International School of Analytical Psychology from 2008 to 2012, where he currently works as a training and supervising analyst. He is also a very prolific author. His collected writings are currently being published by Chiron. Two volumes, Individuation and Myth and Psychology, have been released this year. Among his many books is Jung's Map of the Soul, published in 1998. It was recognized by BTS's management company, Big Hit Entertainment, prior to the release of their 2019 album, Map of the Soul Persona. You can hear Dr. Stein discuss his book and BTS for the first time in episode 42. We then recorded additional episodes on Persona, Shadow, Ego, his new Map of the Soul book series, and the subsequent BTS albums Map of the Soul 7 and Map of the Soul 7 The Journey. I've recorded several other episodes of Speaking of Jung with Dr. Stein, including our initial face-to-face meeting at his office in Zurich, and on his play, The Analyst and the Rabbi, and on Chiron's multi-volume series, Jung's Red Book for Our Time. Today we're here to discuss BTS's new studio album, B, released on November 20th. Please visit the website speakingofjung, that's J-U-N-G, dot com, where you'll find links to everything discussed in this episode in the show notes. This interview is being recorded on Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020, through the magic of Zoom. Hi, Dr. Stein. Hi, Laura. Nice to be with you again. Thank you so much for returning to the podcast to discuss this new episode, this new album. Um, BTS became the first group in history to simultaneously hit number one on the Artist 100, the Hot 100, and the Billboard 200. They're the first band in U.S. history to debut a song and an album at number one in the same week. I'm reading all this because this has all happened since our last episode. BTS achieved the fastest three Hot 100 number one hits this century, all in the last three months. They are Spotify's number one most streamed group globally this year, 2020. And they're the first group with two number one debuts on the Billboard Hot 100. So they've actually come a long way since we last spoke this past summer uh, about their Japanese album. So what do you think? What's going on? Well, this new album, B, B E, yeah. B, um, is um, very precisely situated in our time of pandemic. Uh, it addresses the emotions and the feelings that many people have who are suffering through this time, who are very um, stressed and anguished about um, being separated from their friends, their family, their lovers, their loved ones, having to keep a distance, what's called a social distance, rather terrible term, but um, and becoming very self-protective. It's a very special time and their album uh, addresses very precisely the issues of feeling in this time. Um, I think they're talking to their fan base, to the army about how they are feeling and they are echoing or reflecting how the fan base, the army members are feeling. Um, If you look at the uh, list of titles uh, of the uh, numbers in the album, there are eight numbers in the album, seven of them at least have to do, or six of them have to do with 
this issue of um, anguish, um, separation, feelings, anxiety, depression. Um, I particularly like the number blue and gray, number three on the album, because it really does speak in a very moving way about the uh, search for friends, um, the feeling of communion, having lost communion, um, chronic depression during this time. So I think this speaks uh, very much to the issues of the day. Um, and when I first um, saw the title of this, uh, I thought, well, what they're going to do is take a pivot turn toward Buddhism. Um, uh, be is very suggestive, uh, being, just being in the moment, um, which is uh, very good advice for a time like this to not um, get too caught up in planning because there's so many uncertainties uh, in speculating and uh, um, worrying about uh, friends at a distance, simply to be in the moment. Uh, none of their songs address that specifically, but I think the title suggests that um, in psychology, we think of a distinction between being and doing, that being as a state of um, observation and perception, being in the moment, um, not um, in the future or the past. Um, it's associated with the spirit of play, being in the moment, playing, being creative. Uh, doing is the active mode. That's what we're usually in when we're busy about our lives, uh, creating things, working on our careers, uh, and our future, uh, so on and so forth. So <clears throat> being, um, I think, is perhaps a recommendation that they're putting out to the army, but they're saying much more in this album than that. Um, it's our time. Um, I've referred to this time as uh, umbra mundi. Uh, umbra is a Latin word for shadow. And the shadow of the world is cast um, all the time. And sometimes the moon passes through that shadow and then you get a lunar eclipse. We had one just recently, or maybe it's tonight. Um, and there are two parts to the um, shadow of the earth. There's a, a lighter version when it isn't a complete eclipse of the moon, and then there's a darker version, which is called the deep umbra, um, the dark part of the shadow that the earth casts over the moon. And we're living in a time like that. It's a time of eclipse of planning. Uh, for some people, it's an eclipse of hope, even. Um, it's an eclipse of um, sociability and uh, gathering together on holidays. We live in this time of eclipse. Uh, I call it the Umbra Mundi. And we don't know how long it will last. Uh, we don't know what the future will be. I speak to people a lot <clears throat> in my practice. And the word that is constantly brought up is uncertainty. Uncertainty. Um, so, um, the BTS is addressing all of these emotions, um, and they're doing it in such an effective way that it speaks to the world, I think. And that's why their songs, beside the fact that they're so well-performed, um, and that they're such exquisite, uh, singers and dancers, um, uh, puts them at the top of the of the list because they're speaking to uh, what people are feeling today. Um, I think they're also speaking very specifically to their army. Um, the relationship between BTS and the army, the army are their uh, organizations of fans around the world, is a very special relationship. It's very personal. Um, it's very uh, intimate. Um, they think about uh, each other all the time. I've compared it to a 
um, a kind of a matrimonial relationship or a lover's relationship where um, you dare not say anything bad about the other or you will be uh, um, criticized and attacked even if you do. Uh, they're very um, uh, devoted to each other, the BTS and their fan base. Um, and so I think these songs are, are, are sung especially to them, especially uh, songs like um, the, um, the telepathy song, um, the fly to my room song, the stay song, um, and, um, and there's also a reflection. And when you're in a time like this of lockdown and isolation, um, it's painful and anguish on the one side. On the other side, it's an opportunity for reflection because doing isn't such a active possibility right now. So in this moment of being, um, the um, uh, opportunity to reflect deeply on one's uh, on oneself, uh, on one's uh, emotional life, on one's history, um, is intensified. So we have an opportunity to deepen our experience of ourselves. And the um, um, some of the songs on this album really take us in that direction. Um, the question of how deep do our relationships go if we can't see each other for a period of time? Are we superficially con connected at a persona level only? Or are we related to each other at a much deeper level, at a soul level? And if we are connected at a soul level, then the relationship continues even in the absence of face-to-face uh, -face contact. And so this issue is also addressed in their songs. Um, how deep is our relationship? And can we sustain it? Can you stay in this relationship even when we're apart? Um, so um, this uh, uh, calling out, I think, to their fans and letting them know that the fans and the, and the army is still on their hearts and in their minds, they're thinking about them, they're calling to them, uh, resonates with the fan base because they're also calling to the BTS uh, members for um, uh, their um, active presence. They're missing them. They're missing their performances live. Um, and so this is a kind of echoing of feelings back and forth. The final song on this um, album is a bit of an anomaly. And I thought, does that really fit in to this mood, mm -hmm. um, Dynamite. Yeah. Um, that was their first release, I think, and it hit the top of the charts. It's a dynamite of a song. It's a, it's a great musical number, um, very um, dynamic. You know, uh, dynamite and dynamic are related. From the Greek word, means energy. It's a high-energy song. And so it's rather different from the others that are more anguished, depressed, uh, feeling uh, alone. Um, and this one is lighting up the, uh, lighting up the city, uh, particularly in America. It's a, it's a song in English. I think it's their first song in English. Right. And um, there's a reference to uh, Prometheus uh, bringing the fire down from the stars um, and lighting up the cities with their energy. Uh, it's a kind of compensation for um, the darkness of the times. In this Umbra Mundi, everything is very dark. It's eclipsed. And now suddenly there's all this energy and all this light coming uh, addressed to the American scene, particularly, and naming a bunch of American celebrities like LeBron. Uh, I got the sense of a kind of Las Vegas energy in this um, in this number. And um, it's the last one on their album. 
And I think they're trying to spark um, the feeling that um, they're certainly not absent. They're building up a lot of energy. They will be back. Um, uh, the uh, um, dynamite is kind of explosive ending, uh, uh, like fireworks, um, to this rather um, uh, anguished album. Um, those were some of my thoughts about the album. And um, another thought I had was that, um, you know, Laura, we talked about this eons ago, it seems, it probably was earlier this year, uh, about their song, Black Swan. Yes. And um, I think that corresponded to a dream you had, if I recall, that you told me uh, about, uh, this is not a test, this is the real thing. Um, the um, uh, Black Swan event is a surprising shutdown event, and they sang and performed this, I think, in November, December of last year. And when we discussed it, it was just the beginning of a sense of the pandemic. It hadn't been declared a pandemic yet. But um, it seemed that uh, um, they were putting their finger on some, uh, on a synchronicity, or it was a synchronicity that they were uh, performing this song, singing this song, at the same time that we were about to enter into this very dark period, the Black Swan period, if you will, or the Umbra Mundi period. Um, and what we know about synchronicity uh, from Jung's um, description of it and from our experience of it is that it's a meaningful coincidence. And the word meaningful is very important. It isn't just a coincidence. Um, there are many coincidences, they, aren't, they don't all carry meaning. But if it's synchronistic, it carries a meaning. And so we are left with the question, what is the meaning of this event, coronavirus, and what it has done to the world? What is the meaning of this event? Um, and what it has done is um, um, stopped everything in its tracks, uh, slowed everything down, travel and... Uh, performances and uh, exhibitions and um, all the things that uh, were very much in play before this happened suddenly are no more for a period of time. So what is the meaning of this? And is people have speculated about this. Is this a, a moment for reflection and preparation for something that's going to come? Uh, something in the future that we, we need to be ready for, um, a new kind of life, a new kind of future. Um, are we being given notice um, that uh, big changes are about to take place or are underway? And um, so um, astrologers have talked about that. Jung talked about that many years ago, that we're about to enter the age of Aquarius. Uh, is this a part of that, a part of a massive global change in attitude that we're being forced into reflecting upon during this dark time? Um, and uh, somehow BTS is um, uh, in tune with the times. Um, Somebody had said, somehow they combine the spirit of the times with the spirit of the depths um, that, the, that Jung wrote about in the Red Book. The right. spirit of the times or yeah. the collective mood and the spirit of the depths are the movement of the collective unconscious. And, um, and maybe uh, BTS is tuned in synchronistically by a coincidence to something that's going on at a very deep level in the collective unconscious that will reveal itself um, in the future. Um, we don't know about that in detail, but something different will come out of this. Um, and I think um, what we hope will come out of it is a, um, a rejuvenation or rebirth of the feeling function. You know, in Jungian psychology, 
we think of uh, four functions and two attitudes. Uh, the four functions are thinking and feeling and sensation and intuition. And Mary Louise von Franz, toward the end of her life, wrote quite a bit about the need for a renaissance or a new birth of the feeling function in our modern culture, global culture, that we've developed the scientific and the rational and the thinking, the technological to a very high degree, but the feeling function hasn't kept up. And the feeling function has to do with relationship, it has to do with empathy, it has to do with compassion and with connectedness uh, with other people. It has to do with deep um, uh, ethical and moral values that um, have been just pushed to the side for the sake of power and uh, domination um, for too long. And so um, Mary Louise's von Franz in her very last public lecture that she gave was um, a plea to uh, consider the um, need for um, bringing the feeling function into a much stronger position in our culture. And that means also in the business world that uh, it isn't uh, just the profits to the stockholders that matter, it's also the social order in which those profits are made and how the people are suffering or not benefiting uh, sufficiently from the activities of the corporations, the feeling function would introduce uh, social values and uh, other cultural values besides the economic, pure economic ones. Um, so that needs to take place. And maybe something like that will come out of this, a stronger appreciation for people who really serve others like the medical professionals in the hospitals who are under such stress these days and uh, um, are becoming exhausted and uh, burned out because they're overwhelmed with COVID cases and um, emergency situations. So um, are we going to learn from this experience that service is important, that um, thinking of other people is as important as thinking of ourselves, um, that empathy is, and altruism are as important as, important as um, even survival of the individual. Um, these values have to be brought into a better balance so it might be that the uh, situation that has developed because of this pandemic um, and um, all of its consequences on the economy and uh, on people's lives, their health um, and their activities will bring about uh, a deeper consideration of what's really important in the human community. Um, one would hope that that will be uh, one of the consequences of this. And the return to normal will include um, a much stronger um, um, uh, and, and more uh, prevalent uh, action on the part of the feeling function in the, in the collective. Um, so, um, the, um, in the Zurich newspaper the other day, there was a, a phrase used that caught my attention. Um, they said uh, that there, one of the consequences on the other side, not the positive side, but the negative side of this um, situation that's developed is what they called a tsunami of xenophobia. A tsunami is, you know, a Japanese word for a tidal wave that comes about as a result of an earthquake at sea, and it washes away everything along the coastlines, a huge tidal wave of enormous uh, power. And um, they were referencing that image um, um, 
and connecting it to xenophobia, which is fear of the stranger, fear of the other, anything that's different. And one thing we see in our time, and um, I think this is underlying some of the songs that BTS is singing about, is a splitting process um, where the opposites that are inherent all the time in culture and in, in individuals in the psyche are being polarized to such an extent that there is a splitting phenomenon. And that's what xenophobia is. It's a splitting between the familiar and the unfamiliar, between my tribe and your tribe, between my party and your party, uh, between my country and your country. And this splitting energy um, uh, is very activated uh, for quite a number of reasons in our present world. The pandemic is one, but also migration, uh, extreme poverty in certain parts of the world, global warming. Um, and um, this is creating um, a lot of splitting energy. And with that comes a paranoia uh, of the other. Um, so that um, this is the, um, the danger of, of the time that um, the feeling function will not be strong enough to bridge the splitting activity that's going on in the collective and uh, in our social groups and political groups. The feeling function extends then only to my tribe, my people. It doesn't cross the bridge to the other, um, to the poor migrant that's uh, trying to find a better life or to people who have nothing at home, um, nothing to eat and are trying to find their way to greener pastures. Uh, and so in, intrude on other people's spaces, how to deal with that in a feeling and compassionate way. That's the huge challenge. And that's why the feeling function is so important to develop in this time because the splitting energy is ferocious. Um, the Neue Zürcher Zeitung called it a tsunami. Uh, and we see it in Europe, um, within the countries in Europe and between the countries in Europe. Uh, and we see it in America. Um, I think they also see it in the Far East, in Korea and Japan and China. So um, if that can be addressed by BTS, um, because I think they are singing about the feeling function, about reaching out and um, about imagining the reality of the other when the other isn't present. Um, uh, that's, that's the very definition of an I-thou relationship that Martin Buber wrote about. I-thou means you imagine the reality of the other, and you relate to it. Even if you disagree with them, you can imagine their reality. Um, and that's necessary for the operation of the feeling function to take others into account. So I think that's about as much as I want to say um, at, the, at the outset of this. And we have 30 minutes to take some questions and um, discuss some other aspects that you might want to bring in, Laura. Yeah, I just had a few items as you were talking. Uh, one is this morning, I was able to peek in on the webinar that Dr. Stephen Buser was conducting on Zoom, announcing the upcoming release of the 28 volume collected works of Marie-Louise von Franz, who you had mentioned. And you were there as well. And you said something very interesting about her uh, because Dr. Buser asked for, you knew Dr. von Franz and, and so did uh, uh, Peter Amon was there as well. You said something that really got my attention. You said she was not a perfectionist. And when you were talking about working with her. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when I was getting ready a little bit ago to record with you here today, I was scrambling. I have, even though I'm still, in, I'm in here in Chicago, even though I'm in lockdown, I have never been this busy with so many different projects. And 
I thought, you know, I'm not ready. And, and then it dawned on me and I realized, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be. This episode doesn't have to be perfect. And I want to apologize for the amount of background noise. Um, for various reasons, I have the window open. I live in downtown Chicago. I know there's been a lot of noise that this microphone's picking up. But you know what? That's where we are. And uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be. So here we are. And you mentioned the eclipse. And I thought that was very synchronistic because here in Chicago uh, is the Adler Planetarium. It's the oldest planetarium in the country. And I followed, I subscribed to their YouTube channel. They just did uh, an episode about the eclipse explaining exactly what you were talking about. Um, this was a partial eclipse of the moon. It was penumbral, so wasn't especially obvious. It was exact on November 30th at 4.29 a.m. Eastern time. So it is over, but I will put a link to that video in the show notes for this episode so that uh, if anybody... Yeah, would like to further understand uh, how eclipses of the moon work. I was able to collect a lot of questions on Twitter from ARMY because this episode is for them. And I also found it interesting that you pointed out the track Blue and Gray from this album. And I think I got more questions about that song than any other. Mm -hmm. uh, another uh, synchronicity, I I I'm going to call it, is you mentioned burnout and V, who wrote that song, um, said that it was about burnout and talked about the burnout that he had been experiencing. And so I thought I would, I'm just going to read here that V mentioned in their comeback V Live that he had previously experienced burnout and he believed it was too much of a waste to let such feelings pass him by without making note of it. So that song, Blue and Gray, which is track number three, is the result of that. Feeling blue, he pointed out, is to feel down. And the motif of the color gray has been used repeatedly by RM, especially in mono. So I'm going to the Twitter questions to pull out the ones about uh, blue and gray. This one, uh, Zen Yuzu says, I'd be interested in Dr. Stein commenting on the theme of shadow in blue and gray. And Jennifer7JJK1 says, I would love to hear him on blue and gray because it's too dark and very heavy emotions of loneliness. Yeah, it is very dark, yeah. But that's what, that's what makes it uh, so honest and effective. Right. What I like about these songs and about BTS generally is that they are um, very authentic. You know, they're right about what they feel. Um, and um, you can, um, uh, you can, you know, feel with them. You can be with them as they sing these songs and uh, express their feelings. And they're feelings that everybody has from right. time to time. You know, in this um, um, in this number, blue and gray, I don't believe in God. That's called conviction. Uh, in other words, he's lost his convictions. He's lost his faith. He's lost his trust, uh, confidence. Well, that's something that happens to people from time to time, and um, uh, it's um, uh, it's part of the shadow world. It's um, uh, People freak out when they go when they go into these periods. Yes, but they're normal. Right, um, and you don't need medication for them right away. I mean, if it lasts too long and you can't function, okay. Um, but um, they have a certain purpose and value. They deepen you. You know, we have we walk around with a lot of false convictions uh, that are shattered when we go through these experiences, mm -hmm. and when we come out of them, we can see more clearly. You know. Um, Conviction isn't necessarily truth. Um, so if you lose your convictions, it makes you think more deeply and search more deeply. Um, most great thinkers, uh, 
have depressed uh, are depressed from time to time. Uh, that's that's part of the of the life of a of a serious person. Um, and um, the BTS aren't faking it. They aren't just showing you a persona. They're telling you something they've really gone through. Um, he says words like color make me feel cringy. Well, when you're in this kind of mood, you know, color doesn't appeal to you. You're in a gray mood. Gray and blue describes it perfectly. You don't want to see bright red and, and yellow and mm -hmm. uh, happy colors. It, uh, it, it doesn't fit with your mood. Um, he says, I feel comfortable with a vast gray area. So that's standing on a um, we've had a lot of fog around here in the last couple of days. Everything is gray and brown. Um, and um, you, it, 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 it's a special mood. Um, uh, you can write a certain kind of poetry in that mood, as they have done with the song. Now, by writing the song about it, you see what he's doing. He's, he's taking the emotion that he's felt and... Um, creating something, he's being creative. And when you do that, um, Jung said that if he could find an image for his feeling, it relieved him from the feeling, from the heaviness of the feeling. We're living in a very heavy time. Mm -hmm. If you can write about it, write a song about it, write a poem about it, draw a picture of it, yeah. paint a painting. I'd like to jump in here before, before while yeah. we're on this. Uh, on Twitter, Me says, I'd like to hear Dr. Stein's thoughts on the gray rhino that J-Hope mentions in Blue and Gray, coined by Michelle Wooker as, quote, a highly probable, high-impact, yet neglected threat, kin to both the elephant in the room and the improbable and unforeseeable black swan. Yes. Yeah, that was a retweet, and, and it included a retweet of Michelle Wooker's tweet that said, oh, wow, depression as a gray rhino. Thank you, BTS, for expressing this so beautifully in blue and gray, very much in line with the personal gray rhinos that have been on my mind lately. So would you say, Dr. Stein, that the gray rhino is, as Jung was saying, an image yes, for the feeling? Yes, exactly. And it's a very good image for this feeling because a, a rhino is very heavy. Mm-hmm a big lumbering animal, quite dangerous when it gets angry. It can run over you and uh, trample you. Um, they're very powerful. And this, that's what this mood is like. Um, it's heavy. It's lumbering. Um, and you don't want to let it run you over. See, if you can see it coming toward you, um, you can also protect yourself a bit. You can get out of its way. So um, this is what it means to become conscious of our moods. You know, Jung wrote a lot about moods. He, often, he related them to the anima. We, and the anima doesn't just belong to men. You know, men get very moody sometimes, mm. but so do women. And um, the mood is a, it comes over you and it can devour you uh, for a period of time. But if you can get an image of it and see it coming, you can step out of its way a bit. You can protect yourself from it a bit. You can say, oh, I, I see my mood coming toward me. Gray Rhino is a wonderful image for that mood of mm -hmm. depression. So on the track, Dis-Ease, Me says, disease touches on the restlessness BTS as artists feel to work, being unable to really relax, which I think many people struggle with. How can we learn to rest and just be in this current productivity-obsessed society? I think you touched on that a little bit already. Um, what else is asked about disease? In disease, Jungkook, Jung, <laughs> let me say that again. In disease, Jungkook sings, we don't know what will be waiting for us at the end of this. How can we deal with uncertainty? Well, yeah, uncertainty is very much a part of the day. Um, um, nobody knows when this is going to end. Nobody knows if the vaccine's going to work. Uh, are people going to take the vaccines on and on? So uncertainty is something we have to live with just now. But what I liked about this song was 
um, it really uh, exposes um, the um, uh, dis-ease, the uneasiness, the illness mm -hmm. that we are suffering from. And that is a step on the way to health, to know what you have, to know that you have a disease. The most dangerous thing is to not know that you have a disease and walk around with it, and then it's too late to treat it. Right. So if you can catch it, and uh, one of the singers says, it's because I'm sick. Blame it on the fact that I think too much. I hate that. Uh, it's because I'm sick. He realizes that he's overthinking, that he's going in circles. When you say, I think too much, means your, your thinking process is overactive. You aren't being. You're just running in circles mostly, and your brain is hyperactive. So how to slow it down. Um, and um, uh, the um, laughing, uh, he gets into a bit of laughter. I'm limping through the walk of life. One for the laugh, two for the show. Um, if you can laugh, you've broken the spell. Um, it, it's, uh, it clears the sky for a moment. Uh, a good laugh will um, clear the mood out. Um, uh, the feeling of sickness will fade away for a moment uh, if you have a good laugh. So um, there, it's, a, it's a very courageous song, this one, really facing the disease, dis-ease, and um, dealing with it. Uh, I like this song. I have another question here, which uh, I want to read because sometimes there is some confusion about some of Jung's terminology. So maybe you can address this. B Loving Seven says, in general, how many people have reached the self archetype? Like in the chart, there's persona, ego, self, shadow, animus with the self in the middle. How can we be so sure of it? and not be some other archetype? Well, uh, generally, in the, what, what these terms are, are ways of, of thinking about experience. Um, and generally, when people say they've had an experience of the self, um, in the Jungian vocabulary, what they mean is they've had a kind of deep um, experience of a mystery that they can't even talk about. Um, uh, when, when Dante has his deepest experience of the self at the end of the Divine Comedy, uh, he says, it was like lightning struck me. And... I don't even remember what it was, but I saw something so deeply. And what I felt was that my will and my desire were now in harmony with the love that moves the sun and all the stars. But he couldn't say anything more about it. He just felt, I'm in harmony with that energy that moves everything, that's at the bottom of everything. Um, that connects and links uh, all people, um, the cosmos. Um, that's what religious people talk about as God, you know, the, the fundamental energy behind everything that exists. And when you have that experience, as Dante did, he said, my, my will and my desire moved in harmony with the love that moves the sun and all the stars. It's like you're connected to something much greater than yourself that you can't even begin to wrap your mind around. And that's what we call an experience of the self. It's too big to talk about. You can't mm -hmm. begin to um, exhaust the, um, uh, the, the meaning of what you've experienced, but you can continue reflecting on it. And, um, staying in touch with that link that it's created. We talk about the link between the ego and the self as an ego-self axis. Axis is a kind of bad word because it's very mechanical. 
but um, it's a term that was coined by Erich Neumann to talk about this connection that is made sometimes, maybe only momentarily in life, between the self and something so much greater that you remember that for the rest of your life, and it gives you your life meaning, actually, uh, in the deepest sense, not specifically small M meaning, but big M meaning, uh, that you are linked to something ultimate, the ultimate force, um, not only within yourself. When Jung talked about the self, he uh, said it's not just psychological. A student once asked him at the Jung Institute, what are the limits of the self? Where does it end? And he said, well, actually, there has no limits. It's infinite. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the big S, self. So when you experience that, you will know it. Um, people who've had that experience, whether it's in a vision or in a waking moment just for a second to get a glimpse of it, um, uh, or in a dream, um, you will always remember that experience. It's a very, very um, powerful feeling of the unity of everything that exists. And in the Christian, at least, um, uh, theological version of that, that linking of everything that exists is love. That's what uh, the uh, Christian religion teaches, but probably all the religions say more or less similar things. Uh, that's why Buddhists practice compassion, because compassion is also a form of love, and it connects you with uh, um, not only other people, but with the energy that uh, holds the uh, cosmos together. Love is a binding quality, a binding energy. It holds things together. Holds things together. And it, as you're speaking about this, it's making me think of the BTS concert that I attended in Chicago last year in 2019 and seeing this sea of army uh, holding their army bombs and the love and the connectedness. Um, yes that they feel and that that continues when I interact with them on Twitter and see them on Twitter. Well, I think they've, uh, they've um, in the army, it, it's a very powerful movement worldwide. And, and uh, there was an article in the Washington Post that you, that you posted, I saw the other day, um, Laura, on your um, Twitter account, I think it was, um, that um, people, uh, the, the um, journalist who interviewed me told me about this. She wrote the article in the Washington Post, and she said that she was she had traveled um, many places around the world. She was herself Chinese and Taiwanese, a combination of the two, and had lived in Hong Kong. And she interviewed uh, army people from all over the world and regularly got the message that um, they're... Um, discovering uh, ARMY and, and uh, BTS, you know, was like a salvation event, saved their lives, gave their life meaning. And you think, well, this is just a pop group, a K-pop group. But it's much more than that to people who are um, deeply involved in this love affair that the ARMY is having. And that love spills over in all kinds of altruistic activities right. that the ARMY has undertaken feeding poor people, contributing to Black Lives Matter, you know, doing all kinds of um, social, um, uh, socially active and uh, progressive things that um, that's a spillover um, that is a, a fruit of the spirit. As they say in religious life, uh, if you have had this experience, you're full of love for um other people. And that's what's so important to combat this, um, this tsunami of xenophobia that is um, overwhelming the world today, this fear of the other. Um, we're, we're in a combat of good and evil, in a sense. Uh, I'd like to take maybe one more question before we wrap up. This is from BTS and Books. 
He says, I would love to hear Dr. Stein's thoughts about the song telepathy and how slash if the concept of telepathy relates to Jung's concept of synchronicity. It relates, but it's not exactly the same thing. Um, Jung discussed this. Um, he was very interested in the experiments of J.B. Rhine in the 1940s at Duke University, which were experiments with telepathy. <clears throat> and um, the difference is that um, telepathy is quite intentional. Um, you, you, send, um, you send a message to somebody silently and quietly, and they receive it. Now, if you're very deeply connected to that person, this happens to us all the time, um, uh, you know, you think about somebody, you're thinking about them, suddenly the phone rings and it, they're calling you. Uh, I haven't talked to them in quite a long time, and, and there's a coincidence. That's, that's a meaningful coincidence. So it, it sounds a lot like synchronicity, but it could be telepathy. Synchronicity is completely acausal. The, the two events, the psychic event and the physical material event, fall together in time without anybody in, intending anything. It just happens. Um, telepathy is intentional. And what this song about uh, is about is connecting to others that you have a relationship with and love and, and feel intimate with uh, when you're at a distance. How can you do that? Well, we have the media now, and we have Skype and telephones and all kinds of things, so we can keep up communications. But um, telepathy is another form of communication on a psychic level that many people have experienced. Some people are very good at it. Um, and, uh, and communicating and receiving, we have a receptor and we have a communicator. So. Uh, it's not pure coincidence because it's intentional. And um, that's what uh, they're singing about in, in this song, Telepathy. They're communicating with uh, people that they can't be with right now. Uh, even if you're not by my side, even if I'm not by your side, we know that we're together. Um, I check on you like a mirror. You know, when you think about somebody that you're close to, but they're at a distance, um, you can have a, a, a check it out and see if at that moment they felt something, if they felt a little different, they felt that you were thinking about them, or they were also thinking about you. Um, people are very deeply linked at an unconscious level. We know that from infant observation. And, and how mothers are connected to their infant babies uh, without um, uh, sleeping in, in separate rooms. The mother wakes up and knows the baby is uneasy and, and needs something and goes and changes the diaper or feeds it. Um, we are deeply linked at uh, unconscious levels. Jung wrote about that in an essay on the transference um, relationship and analysis that people are linked at conscious level at one the top and at deeply unconscious levels uh, um, down below. Um, and so that kind of relationship is cultivated in analysis. So our people become very, very yes. close to each other psychologically, mm. not physically, but psychically. Right. And um, a certain amount of information passes through that channel. I'd like to finish the episode with Actually, the first track on the album titled Life Goes On, it is a more, um, what do I want to say? It's, it, you had mentioned the word uh, compensation earlier when you were talking about dynamite, that it was a compensation for all the gloom. But the single Life Goes On, which also hit number one, to me is, it's a slow song. It's, I, I wouldn't call it a ballad, but it, it's, it's uh, it's really low key, and it it kind of depresses me. I much prefer dynamite. Um, so I was wondering what you thought of how um, the 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 compensation between life goes on on the one hand and dynamite on the other, and it makes sense to me that those would be the two singles that were released from this album. One upbeat, and one I don't think downbeat is a word, is it? it 
downbeat no, no. but uh, downer we have uppers and downers <laughs> right so how would you describe the single life goes on a, a kind of um uh, i read it as a um very uh sober realistic description of what we are living today excellent uh, yes. it's a kind of survival song uh it's not terribly depressed but it's certainly not upbeat um, but it's, um, you know, it, it ends with, though the world has stopped, don't hide in the dark, for the light will rise again. There is some hope there. But right now, we're in this very difficult time. Um, and it's when you say, well, life goes on, um, it means survival. Yeah, we will survive this. Um, uh, the world is getting colder, but it's not going to freeze solid. Um, uh so it's a kind of very low-key, um, uh, um, what should I say, survival song. It was actually written before Dynamite. I'm reading in the notes, and the two songs have this. Two songs have the same root and are intended to carry the same message of comfort. Yeah, I don't. I don't find it very comforting, um, except at the end. You know, it is comforting. This will pass. You know, people say this too will pass. Life goes on, but it doesn't have the kind of energy that dynamite has. Mm -hmm. I mean, dynamite is is um, lighting the city, and um, it's explosive, and it's you know what uh, Louis B. Meyer said when they announced the uh, invention of the atomic bomb. He said, "Wow." That's dynamite. <laughs> dynamite is uh, the inventor of dynamite was a man named Nobel, and the Nobel prizes are given in his name. So dynamite was a uh, an invention to um, it's an explosive. They use it for mining and um, and also in warfare. It was used in bombs. Uh, but when you say, "Wow, it's dynamite," that means explosive energy high energy well are there any final thoughts before we wrap up well i'm looking forward to the next album i heard today it was announced that um the bts group has gotten uh i think a two-year yes. reprieve on um their um, um their military service to go into the army <laughs> so um they've got two years to make some more albums before they We'll have to take a couple of years off, I guess, when they serve in the Korean army, South Korean army. Uh, so I think they're going to be very busy. I think they're going to be uh, very creative during this time. They're at the top of their form. And um, I'm looking forward to more albums. Um, I don't know if they'll do more on Map of the Soul. It would be nice if they did. There's still more ground to cover there. Yes, uh, I'm very curious about that. And of course, there's no way of knowing. I wish we could ask them, um, but we can't. And also what I haven't mentioned is they were nominated for their first Grammy Award for the performance of Dynamite. Uh, so congratulations to them on that. Uh, the Grammy Awards will air on television live on January 31st, 2021. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Stein, and we look forward to speaking with you again um, when there's a new record. Please visit the website speakingofyoung, that's J-U-N-G, dot com for more information on everything that was discussed in this episode. There you will also find all of the previous episodes of this podcast, which are available to stream or to download for free. This podcast is also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now on Amazon Music, and it will be available later in the week on our YouTube channel, Jungian and Laura. You can also listen to this podcast on your Amazon Echo device simply by saying, Alexa, play speaking of Jung on Apple Podcasts. Just be sure to pronounce Jung with a hard J. You can also stream BTS's new album, B, by saying, Alexa, play B by BTS on Amazon Music. Links to all of Amazon's Echo devices can be found in the show notes. So with special thanks to Liz Jefferson, Carla Postmus Labacorn, Dual Set Lyrics, Wisha, the indispensable Ray at OT7 Wrecked, and the entire BTS army, this is Laura London, and you've been listening 
to Speaking of Jung.